All right. I am now joined uh, by uh, Miles Bragg, first-time guest. Uh, how are you doing, Miles? I'm doing well today, Ben. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm busy. I've uh, I am I've been kind of frantically getting ready. I'm leaving for New York tomorrow. I've got this debate on Saturday. Uh should also say for anybody who's listening to this, let's check it out today at eight. Uh gonna be on YouTube with uh Nathan Robinson uh on the GTA channel talking about the Bernie Sanders Lindsey Graham debate. So lots going on. But uh this should be fun. So you wanna I, I guess I'm just gonna and if you know, if anybody wants to call in at any point, go for it. We're probably gonna be going until, you know, Signing off about six oh five or six ten, I think Eastern. Um, so just just feel free to hop in the queue, whatever anybody. But um, I think just to start out with, I'll just ask you a couple super broad questions and then take them wherever you want to take them. So um, so you want to just kind of introduce yourself to the audience, you know, who you are, how you and I know each other, what you're up to. Yeah, definitely. Um, my name is Miles Bragg. I describe myself as a community defense activist or a media activist. I'm based in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. Um, I kind of got my start right around the time of about 20-ish years old. I always kind of leaned left, but I didn't really get involved in movement organizing until Occupy and Occupy Minnesota and... That really kind of cracked my cosmic egg wide open and introduced me to what on-the-ground organizing and activism looks like. It introduced me to anarchism as in a practical ideology. Mm. Um, and you know, there's been a lot of trials and journeys and stories since then. Um, documented the first waves of Black Lives Matter. Um, and then... Towards the end of that, I started, you know, organizing myself. I joined the IWW for a period of time, learned uh, the basics of labor organizing and labor history. Um, and then it, it was, you know, towards the tail end of that first wave of Black Lives Matter in 2014, 2015, 2016-ish, where I started to really see on the ground firsthand you know, the threat, the rising threat of right-wing groups. Um, there's so many of them, you know, and they started coming out to harass and menace our Black Lives Matter protests in the cities. And that really kind of got me thinking about how vulnerable our social movements are and certain communities are. And uh. that kind of made me really want to dive into and explore this idea of modern anti-fascism and what community defense alternatives look like outside of the police. So that's kind of maintained or kept me busy the last four or five years or so. Um, and cool. Yeah, we can talk about yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of threads to possibly pull there and, you know, me being me, my uh, instinct is to, is, is to talk about anarchism and what that means to you and all that. We can certainly get to that, but I think I'm going to suppress that instinct uh, just to start with. And uh, and talk a little bit about the uh, the you know anti-fascism community defense stuff because that's that's you know uh, one of the places I'm curious both about your perspective about it and also about like what you know kind of like 
what that's meant in practice. I mean, like, what what kinds of groups are these that you're talking about? Well, I mean, I guess to kind of ground the conversation in local history specifically, that's the context I can speak most comfortably to. I mean, going back 160 years easily, uh, we could talk about militant resistance, whether to colonial projects or to uh, organized racism or anti-labor sentiment. Minnesota has a rich history of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, let's definitely... You know, I, I guess maybe you know you, you you mentioned organized racism, and earlier you talked about people sort of harassing the local Black Lives Matter group. So, I mean, who was it that was actually doing that? Uh, well, one of the first iterations that I saw was uh, a group of self-described neo-Confederates, more or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that we historically have had to deal with here in the the Great White North as it were, but I mean, we still have guys that unironically fly Confederate flags around here. Um, And for a period of time, we actually had a conservative man who went by the name of B.C. Johnson. B.C. stood for Black Confederate, Mm -hmm. and he had a giant pickup truck with giant Confederate and American flags flying from it, and he would come and he would regularly harass our protests, try to stand in the middle of our marches, try to provoke fights. Mm -hmm. Um, You could see that it was mostly uh, a play towards attention. But, you know, that flash forward a couple of years to um, the the police killing of Jamar Clark in Mm -hmm. Minneapolis's north side, which um, was responded to by the community with an 18-day occupation of the fourth precinct and the front lawn of the fourth precinct um Mm -hmm. and now around day 12 or 13 i believe uh some organized white supremacists from 4chan came and harassed and actually ended up shooting up the protests injuring five people and Mm -hmm. this predated kyle rittenhouse you know and i i do view that event as kind of uh I guess, a, an omen or a, a harbinger of the things that were to come in the following years. So, I mean, it was, it was those types of events that really, and, and being just intimately involved and connected to anti-racist activists from the previous generation, the late 80s and early 90s, we had, I'm sure you've heard of ARA, an anti-racist action. It was mm-hmm. a giant North American activist group that sprawled throughout the Midwest and its roots were right here in the Twin Cities. And, you know, there, there's just a lot of history and lessons to draw back upon from that. And those activists are still around. So, you know, in the interest of keeping our community safe, we wanted to be able to primarily document and just know who these people are um, and try to disseminate that information out towards the community. Yeah. So, okay. So that's interesting. Uh, Cause I think that there's a broad, like, you know, so you, the first guy you were talking about, the uh, the Black Confederate, uh, that, that sounds like sort of the the character that, you know, I feel like I ran into sometimes even in, like, 
I don't know. I can remember sometimes at like anti-war marches in 2002, 2003, I'm very old. Uh, uh, There was like, you would get like the occasional sort of strange kind of like, I don't know, like kind of IRL troll, right? You know, who, who, who would like, yeah, I mean, this before Twitter, but yeah, I mean, this, the same, same idea, right? I mean, like the sort of, uh, you know, the person who basically like, wants to to start some shit to get attention who is uh um you know and and, and so is gonna like just sort of show up and like try to provoke people right you know like i i i think that's a you know maybe even inevitable thing in uh in protest movements it's like kind of like all complex ecosystems have parasites right you know you're probably gonna get uh a few a few of these people right then the the other stuff, you know, that you're talking about certainly, you know, certainly sounds more serious. But, you know, I, I am also curious about what you think, like, effective pushback looks like, right? You know, because it's not, uh, I mean, a lot of times, you know, like when people, um, you know, I mean, I think that... Uh, you know, there there might be, you know, a legitimate role for, for some kind of um disciplined uh and you know community defense strategy, but also you know, also I do worry about some things that activists sometimes do in response to these people just kind of like play it into their hands or sort of like um you know, it's like being very satisfying to people in the moment, but then it, it it's it kind of ends up being a you know, if, if they end up like, you know, like well-intentioned activists end up like beating somebody up or something that like ends up being this flashy thing. That's like very good for the right. And, uh, but there might be more effective ways to, to go about it. So I was just wondering if you could kind of speak to that bundle of concerns. Oh, totally. I mean, and I think that is something that's been arising, uh, this, this, uh, line of concern more or less since you know 2016 2017 when we started seeing all these fascist groupings pop up out of nowhere yeah. and the street combat that took place in certain cities as a you know as a byproduct of that i definitely hear where you're coming from i do think that there is a small subsection of people usually they skew younger and inexperienced that are more gung-ho more militant more willing to just go beat up you know an an average racist as opposed to an organized fascist or someone who's operating and organizing towards fascist goals Mm -hmm. i think that that's like a, a minority though and i feel like that that you know that those concerns usually end up being blown up out of proportion. I, I mean, I, I see, I see where the, the, the concern comes from, but in my own experience, those tend to be a, a smaller, more vocal group of people. And I can speak yeah. to my experience, you know, yeah. I, I definitely had feelings like that, but I also had older activists to help rein me in, to mm-hmm. point me in a more disciplined direction. You can't win or die on every hill. You can't fight every fight. You know, and one of the best ways we can combat this is to do it in an organized, community-based way, transparently, 
uh, organizing um, and to try and, like I said earlier, primarily document these people, their affiliations, their their mm -hmm. actions, so that we can keep the community abroad knowledgeable. And then they can make right. decisions based upon that themselves. Because I do think that we've seen in the past and in the most recent past, you know, during the George Floyd riots a couple yeah. of years ago, the state and the police used this specter of potential white supremacist violence as a way to excuse and validate their own heavy-handed response mm -hmm. to the protests. So that's yeah, also which is, a real concern, you know? Yeah, but I think in some ways that's the, you know... I mean, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a, right. I mean, I think that's in some ways the, the heart of the, the worry, right? I mean, that like that the, um, that that's, uh, you know, that if you have people who are, who are sort of doing violent or chaotic things, that could be, uh, both used as a pretext for it and also to, you know, that like the public will be more sympathetic to, uh, to doing things like that if they're, um, you know, if they're, if they're worried about it. I mean, what you say about sort of, you know, focusing on kind of documented, um, you know, the activities of, uh, you know, potentially, you know, potentially violent right-wing groups and keeping people abreast of them. I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, you know, I, I, I think, okay, actually, so I, I do want to pivot a little bit, but do you want to kind of wrap up your thought about this? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess if I have any final thing to end it on, it's that, you know, I, I do see, like, the concern that you brought up. I do see the way that anti-fascism is represented in popular media and on the news and things like that. And I guess if any, if people have severe, overwhelming concerns, to maybe consider reaching out to their local anti-fascist group, if they even have one, or consider studying up on the history of it themselves. You know, I think that yeah, primarily what? that. I think that we, we it, it gets dismissed and um, maligned frequently in the media, but the majority, the vast majority of these people literally just want nothing more than to see their communities and their workplaces and their schools stay safe, and that's where the impetus comes from, usually. Gotcha. Um, well, I think in a way this actually ties into the next thing I was hoping we could you know, we could talk about for a few minutes. So you, uh, because you, you mentioned, um, you know, you mentioned anarchism a couple of times and sort of practical anarchism. And, uh, and I, I guess, um, yeah. So I guess maybe the next thing, if you want to speak to it a little bit was just sort of like what, um, what that means to you, not just in terms of, of, goals right you know but like also in terms of how like how you kind of approach you know politics and and, and, and activism i mean right like what what is that phrase practical anarchism mean to you i guess i would i would flash back to my first introductions to this concept and seeing it practiced you know during the occupy wall street movement you know these the, the three things that jump out most that I hold closest for myself about anarchism are these ideas of mutual aid, direct action, and solidarity. And those could be, you know, applied in a number of different 
leftist ideological uh. lenses, but the long, rich history, particularly of North American anarchism, and again, as it relates to our local history, it, I mean, we have a very rich history of anti-authoritarian and explicitly anarchist movements and formations here in the Twin Cities and in Minnesota. So that it, it was a natural gravitation toward for me, I think, mm -hmm. um, and to see that level of horizontal organizing be effective and to mm -hmm. help move the needle in certain directions. Not we haven't figured out everything by any means here, but I think that Minneapolis, Twin Cities, St. Paul has been able to demonstrably prove over the last 10 years or so, mm. 20 years even that there is something here to this dynamic because it challenges not only the, the far right and the conservatives, but it also challenges this kind of neoliberal nonprofit orthodoxy that has been dominant over this area for a very long time. So that those are the practical things that jump out at me. Uh, people organize, they see a need, they, they organize towards it. Anarchists are some of the most dynamic and inventive people that I've ever met. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's tendencies towards the centralization of different things, just like any other group, you know, but in, in my experience, it's been the most fulfilling, the most enriching, the most challenging um, mm -hmm. ideology and, yeah, so so on and so forth. The, the the groups that I've worked with, the activists that I've worked with, that have been guided by this as well, are some of the, you know, most profoundly important people I've met in my life. You know, and it's not to discount socialists or communists of different stripes. Sure, but it's just it's what no, but I'm, worked for me. You know, no, fair enough. Yeah, and I'm, I mean I'm, that's one of the reasons I was curious to to talk to you, right? Because because I I think I have a, a well, I mean. I, I don't think I know, right? You know, I have a, uh, I have a different perspective on some of this stuff, but I'm, I'm going to, um, but, you know, I, you know, so I, I guess the, you know, when I asked the question, I mean, I was originally thinking about, you know, the, you know, the anti-fascist stuff and sort of like, um, you know, cause you know, obviously there's a kind of tie in there, like, Oh, let's not rely on, like the police or the state, you know, let's, let's kind of do this ourselves. But like, uh, the same, the same thing comes up in a different way with, with another thing you mentioned, right. Which is mutual aid. And I think that, um, you know, one, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure I would even put it this strongly, but I mean, I'll just, I'll just kind of put the question to you, like in the way that I think the sort of most, um, you know, in the in the sort of hardest edge way and just just to kind of see what you make of it so i think that um you know you said well this is good because it challenges not just the right but you know neoliberalism but um you know i i could see somebody coming back and say well hold on like does it right because i mean if you're you know because if if you're saying well you know people have unmet needs and we're going to provide for them through just sort of you know, private voluntary means rather than, rather than like getting the state to do it, you know, like, like, uh, like a traditional, like welfare state kind of approach, you know, in some ways that could be seen as like, you know, very in step with neoliberalism, right? That's like, yeah, you, you, you could, you know, you're on your own, right? You know, you guys take care of it. Like, so, I mean, how, 
how would you? I mean, I put it that in a very broad brush way, just because I'm just because I want to kind of get your take on that. Sure. Yeah, I think that's a fair question. I mean, I guess I would challenge the the the, the term individualism. I do think that there is a, a, a current of individualism that runs through anarchism, but there's also very a very strong, mm. even at times balanced approach with collectivism, and another. I guess step in that would be, you know, I, I, I tend to view anarchists again as like going where the action is more or less. Mm -hmm. And in, in, in such a way or as a, a byproduct of that approach, we're kind of in triage a lot of the time and mm -hmm. trying to suss out what's the place or how can we most affect this particular issue the most meaningful mm. way of affecting the most, the broadest range of people to ideally, you know, and people are free to disagree with me on this, mm -hmm. but I, I think we're trying to build alternative institutions or at least mm. um, point in that general direction, things that challenges the state uh, and their ineffectiveness to be able to provide welfare to the people, yeah. so whether that comes in the way of, you know, providing health care or harm reduction or uh, resources for domestic abuse survivors or rape survivors or food distribution, you name it, anarchists have been on the front lines of all these struggles. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that we figured out a way to syndicate all these things and tie them into a larger movement. You know, we could argue that that's happened at a few different periods of time to various degrees of effectiveness. But, you know, I don't think that anarchists, well, may, I shouldn't speak that broadly. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't view it as my goal yeah. personally to try and, I just, I just want to reduce as much harm, I guess is a better way to say it. Um, well, that's sure. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, but I, I, I guess like, I mean, you know, like one of the examples that you just mentioned, uh, you know, was, was healthcare, you know, and, and I mean, my, you know, my instinct would be, look, I don't want, uh, I mean, I'm not against, uh, I mean, I'm certainly not against anybody, you know, doing whatever they can to reduce harm in the, in the short term since, you know, if like, this is what we've got. Right. But I mean, I don't, really want anybody to have to rely on kind of what uh you know they and a bunch of other working class people can sort of pool together right you know from from their own resources right i mean i would i'd like to have you know a healthcare system where everybody you know that's like funded by you know progressive taxation so like rich people can pay for the uh, the bulk of it and uh you know or at least the, the biggest share and i guess not the bulk of it but like and, and have um you know, so so it could be, you know, it, it could be universal. So I mean, like this is one way of maybe getting in a broader like bucket of concerns about, um, you know, about like this kind of anarchist approach, right? You know, that it's like um, I, I, I can see where you, what you're yeah. what you're getting, and I think that you know, it is a sometimes a fair criticism of anarchists, uh, yeah. both modern and historic, that pie in the sky utopian kind of unpractical kind of view and that's where i kind of do at times diverge from other anarchists even in my own orbit because i like for instance i haven't given up voting you know uh, what i mean I, I don't think that ceding the 
electoral to the right is a winning strategy. Does that mean that I essentialize about voting? No. Uh. Does that mean that I am going out and campaigning for my local candidate? No. But right. I am still going out and voting. You know, I'm not ready to throw that away yet. And just as much, you know, I would love to see, you know, again, other anarchists. This might lose me anarchist points or cool points sure. or whatever. But I would love to see a Bernie Sanders presidency. That would be a step in the right direction. Is it getting rid of capitalism? No. Is it sure. getting rid of hierarchy and domination and exploitation? Probably not. But it is a step in the right direction. It's a way to chip away at the entrenched power that capital has. And like I said, I'm, I'm pragmatic above everything else. If, if that's the direction that it looks like things are breaking, then I will, I will do what I can. You know, I will be critical, ruthlessly sure. critical, but at the same time, you got to recognize good where it's happening. You know what I mean? Which is why, and not to, you know, suck up or anything, but that's why I appreciate your work. I appreciate, you know, the late, great Michael Brooks for introducing me to your work. I don't agree with you both on everything, but sure. I know that we all fundamentally want the same things. We want to see people do better. We want to see people not be hurt as much by the structural violence that is just inherent to our society, you know? So whatever direction data-driven, demonstrably proven, I'm uh. willing to head in that approach. I just use anarchism kind of as a guiding, you know, ballast right. to try and, you know, weigh, well, how are we organizing this? What's going to be most effective? Is it transparent? It, are, are people going to be held accountable? You know, it, it's more about a method of organization and an orientation rather than this rosy, utopian, ide overly idealistic view of a revolution, you know, that mm -hmm. meant. Okay, I th that's interesting. So as, as much as in some ways that would actually be the perfect cutoff point, I'm going to push it and, uh, and ask at least one more thing, which is, uh, and, and I appreciate all that, but uh, that, um, and which is to say, like, okay, so if I'm understanding that last part correctly, right, like uh, what, you know, this, this sort of main kind of role of like anarchist ideology for you is, uh, is as a kind of, um, you know, maybe more than anything, right, you know, as, as, as a kind of like value system, right? We're, we're, we're just sort of like using, um, you know, something you use to like kind of decide what counts as like, you know, pushing things in the right direction or not. Right. Even if you, even if you don't think that there's going to be some super dramatic revolutionary rupture, or you don't think that there's, um, or, you know, you're willing to, if like Bernie or social democracy is taken off you before it, you know, whatever, but like, uh, that, it, that maybe like there's something about sort of, um, you know, at least gives you like a kind of like guided star. Like this is this is what uh, this is what seems like, you know, the right direction to be. This is the what seems like the wrong direction to be. I mean, is is, is that is that accurate, or or I mean, do you want to kind of weigh in on that? I, I generally think that's fair. I mean, I just i I've been so I've, you know I've, I've only been doing this for so long, but it's been the yeah. majority of my adult life now. 
Yeah. The one tendency that I've seen is just towards infighting and sectarianism amongst the left, and it it's so pointless the majority of the time. Usually it's like interpersonal beef and drama that sure. like ends up spilling out and just disrupting really good, really practical or well-meaning organizing. And that's what I'm trying, if anything, in this conversation to try and like tone down on that type of stuff. You know what I mean? People need to, we need to recognize good where it's coming from, like I said. And yeah, I'm not overly essentializing or romanticizing about an, an anarchist or socialist revolution by any means. Mm. I used to feel that way. But the older I get, the more practical I become. And I, I just want to see people do better and uh, to see us head in the right direction, you know? Do I ultimately still think that a stateless, uh, classless society is where I want to go? Uh. Absolutely, you know? But, I mean, I got to be real. I'm only alive for so many years on this planet, and I want to do what I can to be effective during that time, you know? So I'm not going to marry myself to an unrealistic vision, and I'm not going to help proffer it for other people. I... I'm, I'm tired of the campism. I'm tired of the infighting. I just want us to fucking push in the right direction. Pardon my language. <laughs> no, uh, that's totally fine. So, okay, yeah. Uh, well, look, uh, you know, if you, um, you know, Miles, if you, uh, you know, if you come back, I, I, I do, uh, I do want to. I think the next place to take that conversation would be that, like, what, what you think that you know, stateless, classless society would look like. But, uh, but I think this was really good for today. Uh, do you want to, is there anything you, you kind of want to like plug or there are particular efforts that you're involved in that, you know, that you could like kind of direct people to where they could find out more about or anything like that? Um, yeah. And thank you for the opportunity again, Ben. I've really appreciated the conversation. I would love to come back anytime. Um, if people are interested in any of my personal projects, uh, I, currently co-host a podcast that is trying to answer the question what's going on on the right and uh it's called unbalanced mn if people want to look that up on spotify or apple or wherever they get podcasts they can find that i'm pretty proud of the work that we've done over there other than that um just keep an eye on the twin cities don't count us out I think we've got a lot to offer and to show and to lead by example by. And yeah, that, that'd be it. All right. Beautiful. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, man.